Howdy do, neighbor. It's Bree and Spirits time once again. The boys have gathered around, and they're ready for you. So join in, make comments, and study with the guys as they try to study as the Bereans did in Acts chapter 17. And now, here's the guys. Good morning, and welcome back on this fine January morning to another episode of Berean Spirits. I am your host today, Josh Thornhill. I'm preaching with the, uh, the Brookmead Church of Christ here in Johnson City, uh, Tennessee, as usual. And I'm sure you noticed that I'm much better looking than, than Chris, and he's not here, you know, why I'm hosting that's because Chris is away, and I think uh, Richard said he's away on a fishing trip. No, he, he's uh, he's with his wife. Okay. Uh, they're celebrating an anniversary. Oh, yeah. He may years? be. Uh, you may think he's ugly, but at least he's married. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's cold, isn't it? <clears throat> How many years has he has he, have they been married? Uh, he said too many. Uh, no, too many <laughs> for her, baby. No, uh, uh, twenty-six. Twenty. I don't. It's it's up there. Well, anyway, she is the only one that would take him. Anyway, happy anniversary to Chris and Michelle. I hope y'all are yeah. having a great time wherever it is y'all are gallivanting about. Yeah, in I the was meantime, just, we are I, here, and I'm hosting the show in, in, in uh, what do you call it, in place of Chris. And with me, as usual, my my, my sidekick, uh, Richard Dotson, mm -hmm. the evangelist with the Kearney Church of Christ in Kearney, Missouri. How you doing, Richard? I'm good. good. I'm doing good. That's great. You, you know, Chris, that, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I told you before, the fish are really biting down there in Branson, so hopefully she let him fish. Uh, she likes the fish too, so she might have went. So fishing's uh, fun. It's well, fun. they got away for an anniversary, so you know that's fish are biting. How do you stay away from that? You know, if the fish are biting, <clears throat> you gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah, you know, I'm part of this rod and gun club here, not far from me over here, so I could take a rod down there and go fishing, and then you know, go shooting a bit too same time well there you go yeah yeah i think it's a stocked pond so you can probably get some pretty good fishing over there well the <laughs> ponds up here right now are frozen but we're thawing Finally. well we were frozen earlier in the week but we're about 60 degrees right now so oh, wow nice are you kidding? that's nice no we're, we're in like the 30s but it's above freezing so well that's good. yeah that's that's really nice um, I'd like to, uh, feel a little of that sixties weather. Uh, <clears throat> it's warm. It, it feels good. It feels good. But anyway, <clears throat> I'm sure y'all didn't come here to talk about fishing or anything of that nature. Uh, we're here to talk about the Bible. Uh, what is it we're talking about? What, 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 are you, what are we talking about? We were talking about fishing. We are <clears throat> going to be discussing the importance of authority. I think that is probably one of the biggest problems 
in our society today. A lot of the things that we see are symptoms of a greater cause, and that greater cause is a lack of respect for authority. Um, you can see that with all the, the nonsense going around, on surrounding the police. A lot of that stems from a lack of respect for authority. Um, religiously, you can see all sorts of stuff going on, uh, and that results from a lack of authority. And so what we want <clears throat> to do this morning, obviously, I guess, as we begin, briefly, uh, we'll kind of go over how it is that we understand authority uh, from the Bible. Obviously, authority comes from God. He is the creator. He is the the one who has created all things. He sustains all things. And so everything comes from him. And so we are subject to him as his creation. And so we look to him for his guidance, for his will uh, as to how we should live. And so um, God has expressed his will to us. And so in, in order to determine what the will of God is, we look to basically the will that God has communicated to us. And you can communicate in three different ways. Uh, God tells us directly what he wants. You see that through direct statements. Um, go build the ark like God told Noah. It's a direct statement. God told him exactly what he wanted him to do. Now you can see that God shows us through examples. You see that throughout the New Testament, the disciples doing things, the apostles doing things. Acts 20, verse 7, the disciples gathered together on the first day to break bread. And then we find implications being made. God implies things. And so we make inferences based upon uh, what the Word of God says. And so that's <clears throat> really kind of the gist of, of how it is that we understand authority what God wants versus what God doesn't want. And I guess what we're going to do this morning is, is kind of go into detail as to why that's so important. Why does it matter so much uh, that we respect authority and that we follow authority? And I think uh, as we go throughout this, this study this morning, I don't want to just uh, talk about it from a religious standpoint. Um, because at least many of the people who are watching this show, I think, would understand that authority is important when it comes to the work and the worship of the church. I think we get that. And not that we don't need to keep reminding ourselves of that. And so, you know, that still is important to remember and to, to speak of and to remind ourselves of. But what I want to do is make application to ourselves personally. Why is it important that I respect the authority of God in my everyday life? Uh, and how is authority important in my daily life? And so we will uh, kind of jump into that. So I'm going to kind of throw it over to Richard uh, to start here um, as far as why authority is important if we are to uh, be faithful to God. You know, I saw a good example of that this morning. Did you? I. Uh... I sat down and watched one of these, uh, morning sports shows and, uh, there's a football coach looking for a job, Bill Belichick. Uh-huh. And he, they, they regard him as the best pro coach that's ever been. That's why they talk about him as, you know, and he, he did, he won a lot of super bowls. If you're not familiar with him, 
but he seems like he's having a little trouble right now catching on. And they were talking about him and they said, well, he, he's old school. His, in other words, his style of coaching is old school. Mm-hmm. And they said, you cannot relate to younger players like that today. You, you just can't tell them to do something and expect them to do it. You know, you have to explain why you're telling them what to do. And, uh, that comes, that whole concept, you know, it comes from a lack of, of, of authority. It, like, it comes from, first of all, not, not respecting authority, not being taught to respect authority, mm-hmm. but it comes from not understanding authority. And, uh, that's important then that each and every one of us, you know, looks at authority as a topic. And we address it as such. I mean, we have to have a good understanding of it because if we don't, we could be in a situation like many uh, young people are today where, and I hate talking about young people that way because the older, when I was young, the older people used to say this about us, but you know, we're seeing a lot of young people take matters into their own hands. I mean, you know, it wasn't very long ago when we saw the, you know, cities being burned, uh, you know, where people were just basically looting building, you know, stores and things. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they, they were not respecting authority. And so, you know, it's, it's really important. I think this is an important topic because first of all, we have an objective in this world and if we neglect the topic of authority and and then look for authority in our life we're going to fail at that objective now the bible makes it very clear what our objective is ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 uh the apostle paul says we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works okay that's that's why we were created And then of those good works, you have to ask yourself, what are the good works? And then he says, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So now we got God involved and God is the one who makes the good works and we should walk in them. In other words, that's what we should be doing. God has prepared them. So this verse right here tells me that we're going to have to look to God to find out how we are to fulfill our purpose in life. Because these things were created, we are created in Christ for Jesus for good works. Now, you know, some may may not want to do that. They may want to, you know, ignore, you know, the whole purpose that they were created. You know, the Lord's given you a free will. You know, you have that right. You can live your life that way if you so choose. Just keep in mind, there are consequences to this. You've still got to answer to God. But needless to say, you know, if, if we want to fulfill our purpose here on earth, then we cannot take God out of the equation. You know, God's not going anywhere. You can't will him out of existence. You know, God is there. And God's will needs, he's going to enforce it. And he is going to expect his creation to fulfill his will. And having said that, that, that's just a given. 
And like I said before, you can't erase that. You can't change it. There is nothing you can do with that fact. And so having said that, since God is the one who prepared these good works and our purpose is to fulfill these good works, then we have to look to God to find out what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I mean, if God is the one that we're trying to please and serve, the only way we're going to know how to do that is by understanding his will. Just like, um, you know, in, in any kind of relationship, you know, to understand what the other person likes or wants, you have to get to know them, to talk to them, to understand who they are and how they, they function. So that way, you know, you can go about doing that. I think about, as far as authority is concerned, I, I'm reminded of what the encounter that Jesus has in Matthew 8, where the centurion comes to Jesus and he wants his, um, his daughter to be healed, uh, or my servant lying paralyzed at home. And in verse 9 of Matthew 8, the centurion says to Jesus, I am also a man under authority with soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goes, and another come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. He's basically describing the foundations of what authority is. He says, as the centurion, I have soldiers beneath me, and I have the authority to be able to tell them what I want them to do and expect that they should do it. And I think we understand that from a, from a soldier standpoint, uh, from a military standpoint, you've got the, I don't know all the, the, the things, but I, I know there's a sergeant who's somewhere up there. You know, you have a sergeant with a, just a typical, you know, private. He has a higher rank and has the authority to tell that guy what to do and, and expect that he's going to do it. And there's consequences when he doesn't do it. And the point is, God is the one with authority. Uh, Just like with our government, our government has the right to tell us that we could or should do this or shouldn't do this and to produce consequences when we don't. Um, Where did they get that authority? Well, God gives it to them. The Bible tells us that. The, The governments have been given authority by God to... Uh, punish the evildoer. Now, we know that governments don't always aren't always honorable in, in what they do, but that's a different discussion. Uh, but regardless, we have a we have a responsibility to respect the authority of the government. God has <clears throat> placed that upon us to respect our governments and the authority uh, that they possess. Uh, but then, God being God Himself, if God is the Creator and we are the mere creation. Does he not have the right to dictate how it is that he wants us to live our lives? I think we we should at least agree that he does. If he is the creator, and I think we agree that he is, then he does have the right to be able to determine how it is that he wants us to live. And again, going back to, to Richard's point there, um, if... If our purpose in life, as Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 12, is to glorify God and fear God and keep his commandments, then we have to understand the will of God so that we can do that, so that we can please him in all that we do. Um, uh, can I jump in? Yeah, go ahead. 
there are those today who don't see the importance of authority uh, in, in religion or other things as well. Mm -hmm. uh, the, in, in, and to us, to a point, I mean, you, for instance, when you, I have talked with many people about why they do what they do in religion. And I try to, you know, talk to them from an authoritative standpoint, not my authority, but from a biblical authority. And they just, they think that's ridiculous. They think they yeah. have the right to glorify God. And they always say, I can feel him in my heart, you know, and, and, you know, I go back to, uh, and this is something that I would ask everyone to consider these good works that I read from Ephesians 2.10 that we're supposed to be doing. If these are things that God has prepared, then how do you know what they are? Now you mentioned before, and I want to jump backwards. You, you said that, you know, we got to get to know God. And so there is a sense then that if, if you're doing something and you're not sure if the Bible agrees with what you're doing or not, then that you're, you should be asking yourself, well, how do, how do I know? How do I know these are the works that God has wanted, wants me to do? You know, I feel like it is, but how can I be sure? And so when we're talking about, uh, you know, the, the need for authority, the importance of it, uh, there are passages that you're going to have to accept. And these passages, I, I want to read these to you because I think they're important. In Jeremiah 10, 23, it says, I know, o Lord, that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his steps. Now, I want you to think about that, okay? If, if the, way, the way that you're thinking about doing something, you don't know if God's approved of it or not, then you're going to have to say, well, how do I know it's right? Because that verse says it's not in man who walks to direct his steps. In other words, you don't have the authority to add to the good works that God has prepared for, for uh, his creation. You don't have that authority. I think we could all agree upon that. And, and so that's what he's saying. It's not in man who walks to direct his steps. That's not the only verse. Uh, Psalms 37 and verse 23, it says the steps of a man are established by the Lord. Okay, so think about that. The Lord is the one who established. That gets back to those good works that he prepared beforehand. Okay, those are the things that he wants us to be doing. It's not in you. To establish them, it's the Lord who does that. And then in Proverbs 20 and verse 24, it says, A man's steps are from the Lord. And then there's a great phrase that comes right after that. How then can man understand his way? Okay, and so this is what we have to understand. This is what we have to look for. We have to look for the Lord's direction. In other words, we're going to have to look for the Lord's authority. We're going to have to look 
to see what the Lord wants us to do. Because if we're not looking for these things, then we don't know. Uh, we, we have no clue if God approves of these. We don't have any idea if these are the works that God wants us to do. And so that's why authority is so important. That's why we really need to go to the Bible and to be able to understand it properly so that we can be pleasing to God. Surely everyone who listens to this show has a desire to be pleasing to God. I can't imagine someone listening to this show uh, who, who at least didn't have that desire. Uh, this is a biblical show. Anybody who tunes into it more than likely wants to be pleasing to God. Since that's the case, and I think we can, you know, we can assume that. Since we all want to be pleasing to God, that next question is then how? And there's the importance right there. There has to be a, 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 a void that we see that, that needs to be filled, and that is our understanding of what God wants us to do. And that's that's very important. Yeah, you know, that, that passage there in Jeremiah 10, it's not in man who walks to direct his own steps. I, I certainly agree that that's, you know, saying that we don't have the authority uh, to, to determine our own path. But I also see it in another different way, too, in saying that we don't have the ability uh, to determine our own steps. And the way I, I would illustrate that is think about a little child. If a child is in charge of uh, what it gets to eat for dinner, what are they going to choose? They're going to choose candy, right? A, a child wants to eat candy for dinner. That's all they want. They just want something sweet. But mom and dad have to be the bad guy coming in here saying, no, eat your eat your meat and vegetables, eat, eat all that. But because the kid wouldn't choose that, because that's not pleasant. That's not what they want. They want something that's appealing to them. And I think what we need to recognize in that <clears throat> is like a parent with the child, the parent has to guide the child because the child's not capable of making the right decisions on his own. He just doesn't have the understanding. He hasn't learned that to that point that, yeah, that's why we don't, you know, send babies out to go, you know, live on their own. They, they were raised by their parents. And then once they reach that age, they can go out and, and start living life, making their own decisions. But children aren't capable of making the right decisions on their own. And that's why parents are there. We are not capable of making the right decisions on our own. We're going to go and do things that we shouldn't. We're going to see things that look pleasant. Like uh, Proverbs, the proverb says, do not look at the alcohol while it swirls in the glass, sparkles in the glass. And I forget all, all the, the different descriptions it has there off the top of my head. But, it, you know, to us, we look at that and think, oh, you know, that, that's a pretty little thing. I mean, that, that, that probably tastes good. I don't know that it tastes good. I've never tried it. But anyway, <clears throat> you know, from our perspective, it looks good. It looks appealing. It looks pleasant. But God says, it'll kill you. It'll destroy you. And that just shows our limited understanding and why it's so important that we rely on the greater power, God, the greater authority, to be able to tell us how it is that we should live. 
I'd, I'd like to ask our our listeners a question. If 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 you have the authority to decide for yourself what you think the good works are that we should be doing, if you think that that you have that right, then tell me this: wh- Why is there a Bible? What mm-hmm. is even the purpose of the Bible? Because obviously you don't need it. Now, we have, like in Leviticus 10, there was a couple of guys who thought the same thing. They they decided they could determine for themselves what type of fire uh, they were going to use in their service to the Lord. Uh, the Lord had already had specified what they were supposed to do, but they decided they had the authority. And they offered what uh, Leviticus 10, 1 and 2 says is called strange fire that the Lord commanded not. And the Lord killed them for this. Now, we're supposed to learn something from that, according to 1 Corinthians 10. Uh, That's supposed to leave us with some type of, of lesson. And so I get back to the question I asked earlier. Why the Bible? You know, I mean, nobody can, just about everybody has a Bible. You know, the Bible's just about everywhere. I would imagine there's probably a Bible in many atheist homes. Now, the Bible, the the Bible itself, it, it contains the answer about what it's for. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, uh, and and I'm going to read, you know, that uh, uh, verse 15 through 17. It talks, Paul's talking to Timothy. And he's talking, you know, making reference to his childhood and how he had been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And then he says this about the Bible. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. Now go back to that passage that I read in Ephesians 2. We are his workmanship in verse 10, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. All right. And the Bible is that which is equips us for these good works. And so Josh, I think, you know, for me, that screams. I I mean, I don't know how to understand it any other way. That just literally screams to me that you need to read the Bible to find out what you need to be doing. I I don't know how to understand it any other way. Yeah. And, you know, what that verse tells us there is the scriptures are what equip us for every good work. And so if it's not in the scriptures, it's not a good work. That's right. Yeah. And I think we can apply that to um, to various, you know, religious works. <clears throat> Excuse me. Churches doing all sorts of things, um, having soup kitchens and you know, spaghetti dinners and all sorts of other stuff. They're doing these things and and talking about all the good that they're doing 
or that they're accomplishing by these works. But if it's not found in the Bible, I don't care what good may be accomplished from it. It's not a good word. It's not it doesn't a work come of, from God. It's not a work of the church. It's not. Yeah. It's not. But now if we go to, uh, if, if we go to the very enemies of Christ, the ones who had him put to death, you know, and this is something that people need to hear in Matthew chapter 21, it said the chief priests and elders came to Jesus and they asked him, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Now, these were the ones who had Jesus put to death. They were his enemies. But even they recognized there was a need for authority. And so it's, you know, I hope there are people listening who might have rejected authority before, and, and I hope we're able to convince them that there, there is a, a need for biblical authority in their life because if the enemies of Jesus saw the need for it, then surely if you don't want to be an enemy of Jesus, you're going to see the need for biblical authority. Uh, there, there's an, an important uh, aspect of your life that's that's lacking if you do not see the importance of authority in your life. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned at the start of the show here, you know, I, I think we, we do, we, we've kind of touched on it a little bit here, but we do see the fact that we need to have authority as far as the work and worship of the church is concerned. Uh, that is vitally important. If we are going to be the church that Jesus and died to, 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 um, uh, to purchase with his blood, uh, then we have to submit ourselves to his authority. Uh, but authority doesn't just stop within the walls of the church or within the collection of the church. And so uh, what I <clears throat> want to impress upon us is that authority is important, not just as we gather with the Lord's people to do his work and to worship God, it applies to me and my personal life each and every day. You look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3. Uh, Paul writes, This is the will of God, your sanctification. That's not addressing the work and worship of the church. That's addressing my personal life. That's addressing me. What does God want for me in my life? sanctification. And he continues on to make application of that, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, and not in the the lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no man transgress or defraud his brother in the matter, because the Lord is the avenger in all things. For God did, verse 7, God did not call us to impurity, but in sanctification. God wants us to be pure and to live pure and sanctified lives outside of the assembly of the church. And so why is it so important that we abstain from sexual morality? Because we're trying to be holy. God wants us to be holy. Why is it important that we not drink alcohol? Because God wants us to be holy. Why is it important that we don't murder people? 
because God wants us to be holy. Why is it important that I'm not slandering and gossiping about my brother? Because God wants us to be holy. And we could go on and on and on and on and on and on down the line. All of these things that we're called to do, whether it's homosexuality or this transgender stuff or, uh, you know, abortion or any other issue that might be present today, it all boils down to sanctification. You might explain what that is. Sanctification? Yeah. Basically, holiness. Uh, the, the word sanctification, if I remember correctly, I'd have to, to look it up here real quick. I believe it's the same word, uh, translated the same word that is <clears throat> holiness in other places. Um, essentially, you have the word sanctification and you also have the word holiness. And the thing that I see between the two is that holiness is kind of the the standard uh, we are to be holy as god is holy whereas sanctification is the purification process of us getting to uh, being holy and so it's kind of we're, we're in that process of, of sanctification where we are purifying ourselves because <clears throat> we haven't reached the totality of holiness as god is holy I don't think any of us have. We're trying to continue to be more and more holy each and every day. And so we're continuing to sanctify ourselves each and every day, to purify our hearts and our lives uh, so that we can align ourselves with the will of God. It looks like it is a, a bit of a different word, um, which <clears throat> means that we are dedicating ourselves to the service of and to loyalty to deity, obviously to God ultimately what we're uh, what we're seeking to do dedicating ourselves to god and, and really seeking to accomplish his will and his purpose <clears throat> set apart what's that set apart set apart exactly yeah yeah, yeah that's uh that and that's that 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 leaves an inference <laughs> you know if 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 we are to be holy as he is holy then let's go back to the very beginning of the show. You said, how do you know somebody unless you spend time with them? Yep. <clears throat> well, how do you know God is holy if you don't know his, his ways, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to have to study them. Yeah. Uh, there are probably people listening to this show who don't know anything about me, you know, other than I'm on this show and if I was to ask you things about me, I mean, you know, like what's, you know, what's, what's, uh, what are my hobbies? What are my likes and dislikes? Well, you're not going to know if you go to my wife, she'd know she's spent, uh, 30 something years with me. She knows about everything I like and dislike, but if you don't know me other than through the show, you don't know any of those things. Well, unfortunately, Josh, there's a lot of people who think they know God, but they've not spent any time with him. And what I mean by spending time with them is, you know, you gotta, you gotta listen. And God doesn't talk to us direct. I mean, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't talk to us directly. His will has been revealed through the word of God, the Bible. And so with that, we're going to have to go to the Bible 
to find out how to know, you know what we know of God so that we too can be holy and and again that just uh that tells you the importance of of having that authority because God is the one who defines holiness you know he his ways are righteous and and if he's the, if he's the one who defines it then we got to know how he how he does so right absolutely yeah and i I may, you know, kind of turn some folks off here with, with this, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, if you want to get to know God and, and want to get to know what holiness looks like, spend some time in the book of Leviticus. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I know the typical, oh, uh, the book of Leviticus, uh, the death of many a well-intentioned Bible reading plan. But anyway, there's a lot of valuable stuff in the book of Leviticus. And if you, and, and, and I've heard before it said that, um, I think it, in Jewish school, the first book that they would teach the Jewish children was the book of Leviticus. Why? Because it teaches them what holiness is. And if we read it from that perspective, if we kind of go through and study the book of Leviticus from the perspective of learning holiness, then it gives us a greater purpose. Now, we understand now, obviously, you know, there's a, a difference in the laws, but at the same time, we can go back to the book of Leviticus to understand how God views holiness and what is demanded of those who wish to be holy. And obviously, there's some applications that we would have to make or, or somehow apply them uh, to the principles that we find in the New Testament. But understanding how God views holiness, I think, is important. And, and a great place to look for that is in the book of Leviticus, to really understand why God tells us what he does. And you specifically mentioned there, Nadab and Abihu in there, we even see what happens when people aren't holy. And in, in particular, in verse 3 of chapter 10, after Nadab and Abihu were, were struck dead, God says to tell, God tells Moses, I want you to tell Aaron, because it was his sons that were killed. By those who come before me, I must be regarded as holy. And we see the consequences when we try to approach God in an unholy manner. And so I think there's a lot of value uh, to the book of Leviticus as far as understanding what holiness is. And getting to know God on a different level, on a deeper level. And so if you read through the Old Testament as a whole, you get to understand how God works as he relates with his people, um, not just in the, the book of Leviticus, but also as you get through the history of the, the nation of Israel, it, it, it teaches us about God and how we can please him and how Israel failed and how we can learn from those lessons. As the New Testament says, those things were written for our learning. And so it's important that we spend time in the word of God to understand how we can be holy, how we can respect his authority, what his authority even is in the first place. And so we can go about doing his will. And that <clears throat> is why the things that we discuss uh, so much today are, is such a, an important thing 
like the the homosexuality thing and the transgender thing and the abortion why do we make such a big deal about that because it's a matter of authority it's a matter of holiness and and we're trying to you know we can't support those things which are are unholy which are evil uh, which are going to prevent people from knowing and dwelling with god and so i think we hopefully see that Authority is important in our everyday life to understand what the will of God is so that we can each and every day do his will. Do you have any last thoughts there, Richard? Yeah, just one. Uh, Romans 12 and verse 2 mm-hmm. tells us that uh, we have to renew our mind. In other words, th- there's a transformation that takes place from what we didn't know to what we would know. And it says you have to renew your mind, and there's a reason, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And uh, that's all we've been talking about. Uh, we, We have to renew our mind. In other words, the things that you think you know, throw that out. (laughs) Go to the Bible, find out the truth, and then you're, you, what you know to be the truth is, is going to change. And you can act upon that and have authority. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's vital. That's my last thought. And I'd back up to the first verse of chapter 12, where Paul urges the brethren to present their bodies as a sacrifice, living, holy, and pleasing to God. That's what authority is about, surrendering our will will of God. And a, no greater example of that than Jesus. Jesus surrendered himself to do the will of God, even if it meant dying on the cross. And so that is our uh, what we're trying to do, to simply do the will of God in all things and to submit ourselves to his will so that he may be glorified and that we can uh, dwell with him forevermore. We thank you for joining us uh, on our show today. If you have any questions, if you want to reach out to us and discuss anything we've talked about, you can reach us at is it Spirits at gmail.com. Uh, Richard, I think, is, is manning that, and so he'll be glad to answer your questions. Send him all the hard ones. Um, and I believe Richard does Gospel Preaching Live tonight at 7. Actually, I, I, I got rid of the times. I just try to I just try to put two sermons out a week, but I just put it out whenever I can. So at some point, yeah, Richard will get out with the gospel preaching live. So yeah. be on the lookout for that. Just be watching. You'll get notified if you're following. It'll it'll be coming. And what I recommend is waiting until you're you're going to bed and then put it on. You'll fall right asleep. It's great. <laughs> uh, anyway, you can check out that and hear some more. Uh, sound gospel preaching but in the meantime we look forward to to next week hopefully chris will be back uh, from his anniversary trip and we can look forward to another opportunity of studying the word together and and sharing the word with those who are willing to hear Uh, we hope that you have a, a good week and in the meantime we hope you'll continue to search the scriptures with berean spirit Well, folks, that's all for today. Don't worry. Lord willing, the guys will be back next week for another Bible study on Berean Spirits. 
Until then, let the guys hear from you. Drop them some email at koreanspirits at gmail.com. They'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep studying that Bible.